Matt's story starts when he was born in South Korea. Six months later after Matt was born, he was adopted and raised in a place called Orange, which is in Australia six hours inland from Sydney. Growing up, Matt felt different and found some racial bullying from other kids in his neighborhood. He found he was restless at school and felt he wanted to be a part of a tougher crowd. This was because of recent years in school being bullied. This led him to schoolyard fights and finding himself battling his own environment to belong. Fast forward past the school days to now trekking the Andes for 21 days with world mountaineer Simon Yates from the well-known documentary Touching the Void. Matt's passion for taking photos then took him to Brazil to volunteer at a local school where he took some amazing photos and soon after returned home to save for a mirrorless camera. This would be the start of a three and a half year journey around the world. We talked about his first photos to when he started to think about making his passion project his career in 2014. He started with a volunteer charity event then started building momentum with more jobs and soon after applied for a grant through Olympus. This was in 2016 where he needed funding for a project he wanted to do with another friend where they would take themselves to Central Asia for about a month to document those remote places and since then everything has snowballed with professional work. In 2019 he decided to quit his role as a full-time teacher to go full-time in his passion. This has led him to recently going to Antarctica at the beginning of 2020, just before COVID hit. Matt talks about why Australia is lacking real connection, the influence of social media and society, and learning lessons from strangers that we just can't ignore. We talk about putting the camera down and being fully present in each destination, and the overwhelming feeling he had in a valley where he sat down and really reflected on his life. He found in his years he always wanted to be on top and was always on the go. And ever since this moment, it really led him to being more grateful of the life he had created and all the things that he has today. We also touch on understanding your own identity, rewriting your own script, how to start your own journey to success, creating a tribe of your own, and what books you need to read to help fast track your own personal growth. That's today's episode. Thanks so much for listening in, guys, and enjoy. All right. Thanks for joining in the podcast today. What was your name and what is it that you do for everyone listening in? Yep. Uh, My name is Matt Horsepool. I am a photographer, all different genres, and aspiring videographer and filmmaker based in Sydney, but originally from Orange in country New South Wales. Represent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so funny. I've had a, country boys. a few other people from uh, like around the Central West on this podcast doing different things like owning gym, starting gym franchises and um, a little bit of photography and all different stuff. So it's, yeah, it's always interesting. I love it. I just love seeing people from the Central West on here. Um, who are just like yeah. creating on their own mission, inspiring people and just being, you know, creative like yourself. Starting into it, how did you start your journey into what you're doing right now? What kind of led you and influenced you to pursue this? I guess when I was younger, my parents had the entire library of National Geographic magazines and I just was pretty much in awe like most kids when they look at them and of all of these 
beautiful places around the world and obviously the the best photographers in the world capturing these amazing moments and then got the opportunity in 2009 to as soon as I finished uni head off to uh, South America by myself and went trekking for was it 21 days through the Andes um, with a guy named Simon Yates who sort of touching the void I'm not sure if you've heard of it or not um, amazing story uh, definitely one for your viewers to uh, or sorry your listeners to watch and he went actually back to the the site of where everything had happened and I took a little point and shoot camera with me and I was just fell in love with the mountains and the beautiful scenery and taking photos of that and putting myself inside it and then yeah continued on through South America for a few more treks um, and teaching in Brazil and taking photos of the the kids at this little school that I was volunteering at and yeah fell in love with photography just through passion of being in the outdoors and being with people so from then on I bought a, a I came back to Australia worked for six months and bought a, a decent mirrorless camera and then set off around the world for about three and a half years travel and working and just just taking photos all through that trip and people responding positively to that and was just doing it for fun still experimenting with some uh, HDR photos that look really terrible when you look back back at them but uh, like everyone you learn learn from your mistakes and then came back to Australia in 2014 and uh, I thought well why don't try and uh, make some money from this and teed up a, uh, a volunteer shoot for a charity and I uh, really enjoyed that and then yeah started to get a few small gigs and then it I, we applied for this grant from Olympus in 2017 or 2016, I think, the end of 2016, um, for some money for a project, uh, me and my mate Kel. And we ended up getting that and headed off to uh, Kyrgyzstan and Tajikistan for a month to uh, document those remote places and incredible landscapes and cultures. And from then on, everything just snowballed. Uh, yeah semi-professional work came and in 2019 I had to quit teaching because uh, I'm a teacher as well and yeah I just couldn't do both so last year yeah it was last year <laughs> uh, just pretty much around the world for a lot of it uh, taking photos and creating content and yeah then this year Antarctica was a big job a dream job and then came back and COVID hit, and here we are. <laughs> that was a real experience. So pretty far, crazy journey, yeah. From Antarctica to a worldwide pandemic, it's not something you hear every year, is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> so when you're in all these different countries and you get to experience all these different uh, opportunities to meet people, uh, see these like crazy things, whether it be nature, uh, buildings, what is it that kind of captures you and like? What do you find? Do you find that you're more present? You feel like you're, you've got more time to reflect when you're taking these photos. How has it influenced you as a person? It's a funny one. I think about this a little bit. Sometimes during, it, it depends if it's a job or it's like a passion project, but um, oftentimes I've lived my entire life, hundred miles an hour and people always tell me to slow down. And I find that very difficult, especially when I'm out shooting because I just want to work, 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 get the shots. But 
I do find, especially when I'm doing hiking or um, get some time to camp, uh, those moments I'll, I'll actually sit down and you know, put the camera down for a moment and, and appreciate how lucky I am to be in those, those different places and to see nature as it is, because I know that it's very much disappearing at a rapid rate. Um, so for instance, in that Kyrgyzstan job at the, at the start, we were doing a big hike and I was quite overwhelmed with this kind of uh, this project because it was a huge scale. And then my mate was uh, back down in camp because he, his fitness gave way. So he was having a bit of a sleep and I just continued on by myself and just sat up in this amazing valley and just looking out at this otherworldly landscape that I'd never imagined I'd be able to be being let alone being sponsored to be there and to sit there for a good half an hour and just kind of reflect on how lucky I am to a be alive and be being sponsored to be there so that was a really good moment for me um, I never really had that before because um, I guess the scale of the jobs were nothing in comparison to this and I then from then on every other job now I will try and at least stop once or twice to uh appreciate what's going on but i do often lay in bed at that night and reflect on definitely the people and the cultures that i get to meet and interact with and even when i'm not taking photos it's one of the biggest positives for uh travel photography for me is the people you get to meet and the stories you get to interpret through sign language and <laughs> yeah it's been a great a great few years do you find that that's something that maybe a lot of people in our society today uh, lack is that real connection to people and slowing down and having the time to actually be humans. Hundred percent. And it's from all of the places I've been now. I don't get to live in the places, um, I guess, as long as I have in Australia. But definitely see the cultures when you go to a culture that doesn't have high-speed internet and doesn't have all of the technology everything's about family and friends and real connection and having fun and playing together and ma maintaining eye contact, showing interest in someone, being able to come up to them on the street and, and, and ask us what we're doing and who we are. You don't get that in Australia. That's I mean, everyone is friendly, but you just don't get that, that kind of interest and connection. I mean, you step onto the train in Sydney and look around and everyone's heads are down into their screen. So connected but not connected so yeah yeah that's definitely something i um experienced when i moved to london for a bit and got to travel to a few countries while i was over there and i think it was probably for me morocco that gave me that perspective when i went over there i was so enthusiastic just you know like how are you what are you doing how's your trip going are you enjoying morocco so welcoming and so like so invested to find out like what we were up to as a group over there definitely like over here like we are a welcoming country and you know we are very kind but we do do lack that real connection so when i had that experiencing experience going to morocco and a few other countries just seeing the enthusiasm of people wanting to find out more about someone else and hear their stories kind of taught me the lesson as well that so many people have their own individual stories and it's it's not always the main actor in the movie scenario everyone else is a main actor as well so it kind of taught me to understand that you're not alone people out there 
have the opportunity to share their stories with you and connect with you. And you shouldn't be afraid to ask a random person how their day is, but actually ask them how their day is. Like, don't tell me you're good. Tell me what's happening. Like, what are you up to today? Are you stoked? I'm stoked for you kind of thing. Yeah, you bring it. Yeah, valid point there. Yeah, I think I think travel is just something so amazing because it really opens people's perspectives to the world of like, what's really out there? Because you can be so grateful, like you said, once you have that time to reflect on what, you know, you have and what you don't realise you have versus other countries and such. Yeah, and I think social media is a plays a big role in making people a bit more introverted, I guess, and, and more about their, and I, I'll be the first to admit, I was the same as well until I've matured a bit and, and come to realise that, yes, it's not about the fake appearance online and, and trying to fit in uh, and trying to express someone else's persona or that you think everyone should uh, view you as. But when you travel, all of that's kind of gone. You have to be yourself because that's all you have. Often you won't have the internet. So you have to go and interact with those people. And then, I know it's a strange thing. Like when you sit in Australia, there's not that many times that you sit and talk to yeah, a stranger and actually have a conversation that lasts more than maybe two or three back and forth statements. But yeah, when you're overseas, you've got, you might sit in with a stranger for hours and chat and then you, and you find their stories and then they'll often be the best types of people to actually take photos of too, because you've actually formed a connection and you can get some emotion and uh, a real story behind your image or video that um, of that person too. So it definitely pays off to, be able to practice and yeah and interact with people on a real level you never know what lessons you're going to learn too i think like most of the lessons i learned when i was either traveling overseas or even now talking to strangers there's always something in there that you'll talk to someone and then they'll just say something and you'll snap and you'll be like wow that was pretty insightful and i've never thought of something that way talking about like obviously connection and understanding that everyone has their own story What's your story? Like if we go a little bit uh, deeper into like, so you were born in Orange. What, what, what was uh, your upbringing like? What obstacles ha- did you have to face to come to this moment in time? Because we all have our own challenges as well. I was actually born in South Korea. I'm, a, I'm adopted. Yeah. So I, about six months old, came to Australia, uh, a long, long way away from, uh, from Incheon in Korea into Orange. Um, and they grew up as a, yeah, a country Asian, I guess, when there was not that many Asian kids at school and like in Sydney where <laughs> there's lots of Asian people. So I guess, yeah, growing up, you know, went to a public school, um, parents are very, very supportive. Um, and I did at a young age, I think, I don't know if it's cause I knew I looked different or was different. Um, but I feel I did. I did experience some racism, except uh, especially from uh, some older kids, uh, some that used to live down the um, block from me as well. I, I vividly remember those guys giving me a bit of a hard time. And I guess I had a, a small friend group at school um, in primary. I know that I was, uh, I was actually a, quite a restless and I would say energetic uh, kid, um, causing a lot of trouble all the time and was always taken out of class and not entirely sure why 
perhaps I had ADD, who knows? Uh, and they did a try and uh, the school thought that maybe, I think when I was in year four or five, uh, my dad actually went to uh, Antarctica for a summer to work as an electrician there. And they thought that maybe that was something that might've impacted me. High school came, had again, a small group of friends, seven, year seven and eight. It was kind of quiet, bit of a nerdy kid then, but there was something in me that really wanted more and to be, I guess, to feel popular. You would always look at the popular kids. Um, here I was just this nerdy little bowl cut Asian kid um, in a big public high school. And there was all these popular girls and boys and older kids. It's like, obviously wanted to aspire to be them. And I think about in year nine, you know, some older kids started picking on us um, because we're an easy target. And then I thought, no, stuff this. And I always would stick up for myself. And even with the older kids, ended up in a fair few fights and um, I would usually win. So that gave me a bit more confidence. And then by the end of year nine, I was like, well, this bullying and like, yeah, we're getting bullied a bit and people trying to pick on us and so on. I stuffed this. So I actually joined a different group of friends um, in my year and I kind of the the badder kids <laughs> uh, but no one ever picked on and started hanging around with them and also I started getting in a bit of trouble then at school as well so see hanging around with the wrong crowd and wagging school and people were smoking weed all the time and yeah but it was a group that I felt safer in because people wouldn't pick on us and then I started to uh picked up kickboxing then in year 10 started to learn to fight and compete then and got a lot more confidence and then people if they were picking on us then I'd end up actually just flogging them at school and which obviously was the wrong thing to do but uh it gave me the confidence and it, I don't know it was like a persona that people were like oh I won't pick on him because he knows how to fight I guess from year 10 I'm starting to get in a bit of trouble and got suspended and my parents obviously weren't too happy about that but a lot of those kids left hanging around with my group of friends that I've got now and from year 11 and 12 and yeah, started to pick things up academically and continued to, to kickboxing. Yeah. Went off, went off to uni after that. And I guess that was kind of the end of the bullying and racism kind of stuff that I experienced while it wasn't really, really malicious, especially with the racism, it was only really present because there was not that many Asian kids at school. And yeah, from uni onwards, it was only up from there. So, but yeah, no photography or anything involved at that stage. So and then I got the yearning to travel at the end of uni after my four years. And yeah, it's just been traveling around the world. But I did get a chance to go back and, and teach at my old primary school and at my old high school, uh, which was really interesting. Um, I went back and in the first staff meeting at high school, I apologized to all of the teachers for the, the hard time I used to give them because I was a pretty unruly child then. And they all laughed and it was, it was funny. You go back and work on working alongside these teachers who you just thought they were out to get you and they don't know anything and why we have to learn this boring shit, but it was all obviously a young person's perspective. And now I'm on the other side at their, I consider them my peers and 
and can totally understand about how tough it is teaching year nine and 10 boys and girls and uh, the level of support that they are actually trying to give you that you can't see at that time. So it was good to see the full 360 perspective and yeah, a bit of an insight there. The biggest thing too with um, environments as well, because I guess like similar wise, I went to Canobolis High. Um, yep. Canobolis High is the very big. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the biggest thing was, is um, I guess like I went through, through a bit of a similar thing where a bit rebellious. I got caught drink driving when I was 17 and same kind of thing, started to hang around the wrong crowd. And so it's so interesting to see how, how much we're influenced by the people we're hanging around. And it's interesting because we always go to these groups just to feel like accepted and safe and secure so that we don't have these like issues so we can avoid these like, I don't know, confrontations and such. But the biggest thing is what advice would you have for someone who might be stuck in a, an environment like that as well and they want to get out, but they're too afraid? Yeah, it's when I went back and taught at high school, it was interesting to see the kids who I could see myself being exactly them at their age and and I could totally understand and I can I found that I could relate to them so well and I could connect to them and say look nothing you're doing is obviously as different to what I did yes you are really annoying me in this class right now but I understand that they're trying to feel accepted as well um, and trying and trying to fit into the group and trying to show off because they potentially are, are probably insecure about themselves and feel the need to show off as well and do stupid things just like I used to do. So yeah, it's that general feeling of acceptance, but it's difficult at that age to see the bigger picture in anything because yeah, it's teenagers and all we can think about is as now or tomorrow. So I have had been up to, uh, it's been a great opportunity when teaching high school to sit down with some kids and, and just tell them, look, I used to be like this. I used to get suspended um, and I absolutely hated school. And But give it time and I can guarantee you, look, look at all of the things I've gotten to do in my life. And I was a terrible kid, at, well, quote unquote, terrible kid at school. <laughs> and now I'm back teaching. So you, you actually just never know where life will take you. And it'll often be a complete 360 to where you started, even though, you might might not see that, but I guess for for people who are a little bit older and have left school, it's very very difficult because I've always been a a go getter and it's like throw caution to the wind, lots of risk taking. So well, if I want that, I'm going going to go and get it. But I understand that a lot of people find that uh, very very difficult to take that first step um, into anything new, whether that be a business or to get out of uh, hanging around with the wrong crowd, but just know that even if you feel like you are by yourself, there is someone or usually multiple people who you can talk to and just say, Hey, maybe not, I'm not feeling confident being in this situation, or I really want to go and do this, but I'm not sure how. And often, more often than not, they'll stop and listen and they'll give you a few ideas on what you could do. But it is very, very difficult if you're stuck in that that constant loop of this is where I am. This is who I think I should be. Um, and then they're clashing. So, Do you yeah. feel like, um, I, 
a lot of people at that age, whether they're a bit younger, a bit older, struggle with their own identity issues as well of you know who they want to be, what their values and beliefs are. Is that something that you had to figure out? Hundred percent. And I mean, as we, as you know, when we grew up, we didn't. We had phones, but there was no decent cameras in them. There was no social media or anything. So Motorola resonated. The- yeah. <laughs> so there was nothing really we we weren't comparing ourselves to fake people online uh so it's very very different now and it's very it's very very difficult not to compare yourself to someone else and then want their their life or the life that you think people want of you it's a question i get asked a lot actually but for me back when i was younger it was the identity of myself and not wanting to be insignificant and, and the, that person who got picked on and that Asian kid at school. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> something I haven't really reflected on deeply, I guess, for a while. So, And it can be something yeah. challenging as well. I find for myself, especially, I know my ego just kind of burrs up as soon as I challenge myself in that perspective of like, who am I, my identity, or especially when I was a bit younger to now I'm a lot more calmer. I was definitely a bit of an angry little shit as well, to be fair. (laughs) Um, And I found that when I was younger, my identity was a lot of people. So I went from a kid who struggled to read at school. No one really thought I'd ever really do anything with my life um, to someone who started a business now, having two businesses, traveling the world, et cetera. Um, But I was only stuck at that point of not reading because I kept hearing the scripts of other people telling me who I was and what I was supposed to be. But for me, I guess like as soon as I realized, all right, well, I don't have to run on this, this ego of, all right, I'll listen to other people, but I'll I'll also lash out at them because that's what they're telling me. And that's what I don't want to do. I took the decision to be like, all right, well, if I was my own actor in my own movie, maybe I can create my own script and design who I want to be as a person. And, that kind of goes into your, your cognitive behavioral therapy stuff as well of like you know thoughts speaking actions behaviors but for me it's even to this point like i'd say only recently i've i've only realized that our identity is something that we accept and until we accept what our new identity is or what we want that identity to be you you won't continue to be that person whereas people who choose an identity and then commit to it might be used to be an alcoholic wants to be a a sober person but goes back to being an alcoholic because they haven't really committed or accepted that that's their new identity so i think it is definitely a hard one to kind of figure out for yourself but i think maybe challenging people listening challenging yourselves to be who who are you what do you want to be and how far what values would you place for yourself to maybe because values are I definitely think, something huge, hey? Yeah, 100% agree. I think it, it takes life experiences and and 100% failing in things to understand and realise what the next step is and what you, that that thing that you failed on may not have been all that it talked up to be anyway. And I think it's not until, I'm by no means old, I'm only 33, but I think, at around this age is when you you have had a lot of mistakes 
or you've made a lot of mistakes as a younger person and you've gone through the the paces of trying to uh, to fit in and be cool and you've had what 10 years of being classified as an adult uh, and being able to potentially travel or work multiple different jobs and and make those mistakes and have the experiences that you can also sort of compile into your own book and story and realize okay that wasn't for me or that is for me so i think it's very difficult for younger people who haven't had the opportunity and and the time to figure out all of the the things that they might like or might not like or people that they don't get along with and it just takes time like i think it was when it was it last last year when i first saw tony robbins live obviously i'd heard about him the big guy with a big smile and big teeth and we saw him at a business convention and then we instantly just booked his uh unleash the power unleash the power yeah yeah. so i 100 percent attribute all of the change and success in my life from then on in the past two years to go into that because it just really did awaken who I was as a person, uh, where I wanted to be, how I was going to treat people. Um, I was not a very good listener because it was all about me because I was so driven and like I was always classified myself as an overachiever, which obviously means that you often push other people aside. And it really, really helped me look at my own uh, learning and who I am and yeah, how I interact with people and, and appreciate people. And it's just from then on all of the, as a lot of 30 year old people do start to uh, investigate their um, all of the self-help books and the business books and all of those things. And it's a big uh, journey of discovery of who you are and where you want to be for the next 10, 20 years of your life. So it's been really exciting the past few years. It's amazing. Hey? Like, yeah. I've got some friends doing uh, a seven day Tony Robbins virtual thing at the moment. Yep. They've like booked out a little uh, Airbnb and they're just like spending seven days straight doing like learning more about themselves. And friend of mine yep. who's thing is, I've been talking to him, he's like, again, like got, he's started to get so many answers of why he acts in certain ways and why he's always trying to help people. It's because he's trying to actually help himself. Yeah. That was a big breakthrough for him. Um, and it's just, it's, it's interesting to like challenge yourself to do things like that as well. Like again, I've done like a fair few, read a few books and gone to these little success resource events and everything in between. And it's not till you realize that like, you know, you can create all these things that you want in your life that you actually start doing it. So what do you think for a few people who wanted to actually pursue something like that? What would you say to them if they, they wanted to get started on their own personal development journey? I think that the people that you obviously hang around with, and this goes back to hanging around with the wrong crowd, it just, it works the opposite way. If you hang around and find people that you really do connect with who are might who might've already been on the journey that, uh, or the path that you might be wanting to take or have already done something in business, or maybe it's a, just a club of uh, something you're really interested in. First, immerse yourself with other people who are, who are like-minded because then, not only you get that real world connection, but you also have other people to bounce off ideas and, and share the journey with, and then you're not feeling like you're doing it alone. And if it's something you're already interested in, it's just as a hobby, 
uh, just a local sporting group or something, you'll find that the energy from everyone interacting together will inadvertently boost you up and give you more motivation to pursue the next thing and get better in that. So I've always said if to the kids or friends, try and join a group or a club or uh, connect with people in person in an area you might want to improve in your life because it'll really, really help. And you won't even kind of have to try because you'll just, you'll just feel happier. Everyone knows when it's like my team sports, when everyone wins, everyone's happy. So. Yeah. It gives that, that tribe mentality of people not being without a tribe as well. I think that's the, always one thing I, I got taught that I always reflect on is having your, your circle of, you know, you need, Know, connection with people you need solitude you need reflection you need to eat well so understanding what like your, what your own circle is that you that you need in your own life to have that stability and have that that structure to succeed too is pretty interesting because when someone told me that i was like holy mackerel like i'm losing one thing because i'm working all the time i'm not seeing anyone so i've just lost yep. friendships and connections and uh, having the opportunity to you know exchange energy with people and chat and hear their stories and so i think understanding your own circle is huge too for sure it's the ultimate goal isn't it finding the balance of everything so everything's in harmony and as you said when you're striving for business you well really what you're striving for is your own personal goals yeah rather than and that will push other people aside, even if you don't mean it to. But unfortunately, if you're yeah very, very driven to succeed in business or you've got all your focus on one thing, it doesn't leave much room for other people. And I've found that as well with friendships. Sometimes I'll sit when, when work's dried up, that's when I'll sit and think, hold on, I've actually, what, what was it worth it? There's no balance yeah. there because then the rest of that, my friends aren't talking to me maybe because not because they don't want to but because i've pushed them aside doing doing too much work so i think you're too busy to actually spend time yes. to, for sure what advice would you have for someone going into business whether it be in photography or at startup what would be the first say the first three things that they would need to work on to actually keep that balance have their own personal growth and actually build a successful business do you feel as you know, starting your own business, a small business um, is very, very tough and super competitive unless you can find that niche that no one else is doing. And if you have found that niche, then it's very difficult in itself because no one else has done it before you to model off. But in terms of modeling, as Tony says, and a lot of other people, find someone that's done it before you, read up on them, read as many books as you can, watch podcasts, TED Talks, make notes, learn about how to how they've done it and the mistakes they've made so you don't have to it's like why why try and start from scratch if someone else has already done it and done it really well and failed and you can learn from that you just accelerate past that you've skipped five years of of exploring it by yourself and uh yeah reading and podcasts youtube i learn all my stuff from especially how good is youtube stuff though YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> the rabbit hole but yeah. it's, uh, you do learn a lot of things from it. So I would also suggest as well, and this is something I've been doing in the past year, I guess, is learning how to learn, uh, like meta-learning. Um, and that's from podcasts uh, 
and and books such as um like jim quick's limitless learning how to speed read all of those kinds of things that can really accelerate your own growth and then your business growth as well so not just learning how to do specific things like to edit different photos or to learn about how to manage your accounts but if you can learn how to learn faster then all of those things will happen faster as well you've got more time to focus on other things so as that has been a really big asset for me in managing yeah a small business which i'm still learning as well so obviously everything is as new um as the day begins it's always going to be a bit of a an ever-learning process with business really i guess because you know even running like my, my pt business I've been doing yep. that for seven years. I continually learn something new every day. And you're like, yeah. man, this would have helped, you know, on year number one so much more <laughs> year number seven. But here we are, all good. It's just part of the journey. Yeah. Again, surrounding yourself with other creatives in that business um, and friends is really helpful, especially if they're at your level or just a little bit above, because then you can bounce ideas and get actual feedback because really a friend or a good friend and colleague should be able to give you feedback and you should be able to accept that even if it's negative, it's constructive feedback. And if you don't have that, then you're only thinking about your own, your, the only feedback you're getting is what you think. And that's not really objective. So yeah, surround yourself with people that, that are in the business and that you can get feedback from. That's the biggest thing I think uh, I had to learn was the business isn't about me. It's about serving other people. And just because I like it doesn't mean other people will. What do you have planned for yourself over the next few years? So obviously international travel has been put on hold, but uh, it's always been something I've wanted to do. It's been to do film and video. And yes, ever since coming back from Antarctica, I invested in some gear and have teamed up with a, another friend who, who does a lot of video and yeah, it's been a big learning curve. So I feel like I'm starting from scratch in a lot of ways. Um, obviously, it's a big investment money-wise as well, uh, which is very, very difficult to not only accept for myself, but accept, oh, sorry, for my, my girlfriend to accept <laughs> that all of this money will hopefully, uh, well, I actually, not hopefully, I know that it will pay for itself down the line because I'm putting all of the work in now to learn, perfect it, um, and practice and yeah so video is definitely an area that i'm going to be focusing on for the future for travel and commercial work and yeah try and keep fit um often when doing all these work uh i don't dedicate my uh my time to fitness like i should be but uh yeah finding that balance again as you said and trying to hang out with friends more as well because I have been putting that on hold a lot. So those are the, the three goals, I guess, for the next year. And we'll see how everything plays out with COVID. Yeah, definitely. No doubt you'll be doing some more amazing things though. So before we wrap up, I've just got one last question. So if you had to recommend, recommend one book for people to read that will help kick them in the right direction for their own and personal legend, their own kickstart into whatever they want to do what book would you have for them read i'm actually reading a book right now that i have just been recommending to everyone uh, and it's by chris voss i'm not sure if you've heard of him 
Yeah. Never split the difference. Yeah. The negotiator. Yeah. 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 And I've just been, because everything we do in life, whether it's with a negotiating with a child, negotiating with a friend, negotiating for business, it's a negotiation and it's two people interacting, which is what we've been talking about the whole time, whether it's either interacting on the internet in person, we're always negotiating something and it's just, it's just been phenomenal. All of the little just ways you can word things. Um, and the fact that if you meet in the middle, that's oft, it's not really always the best thing for both of you because neither of you are actually happy. Whereas if one person has gotten what they want and the other person also thinks that they've also got a great deal then that's better. I think that's it's never split the difference is such a, a such a good book, especially for people anyone wanting to do business because bargaining, buying a new car, yeah, dealing with a child that is is not uh, is not eating their vegetables, all of those kinds of things. <laughs> it's I wish I read this many many years ago if it was out years ago. So that's the biggest thing, Hayes, when you realise that you you need these different tools in life. It makes such a difference once you start to apply them. It's like your puzzle piece starts to get put together so if you are listening definitely read that book i'm yet to actually read it i've had so many recommendations for it i'll (laughs) read it now that you're recommending it to me for sure it's just great to have the the examples that he uses yeah they're almost like scripts and to be confident in your own opinions and what you want it's yeah i actually heard that he once convinced a robber to come out of a bank and let everyone go. I'm not sure if that's the same guy. Yeah, I th- well, he's got lots of examples like yeah. that. I mean, there's also some examples that didn't go so well, but yeah. it's his learning journey himself and realizing that those are the what textbooks and Harvard and everyone believe you should do is not actually how humans act. Every humans act in their own self-interest, self-preservation. And once you can understand that, and understand that you are also doing the same thing, then it's an even playing field. So if people want to find you on social media, uh, where can they find you? You've got a website, you've got Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. I've got absolutely everything. And I just literally started another Instagram account (laughs) just before we started speaking. I'm on Instagram at etched, E-T-C-H-D. And then we have my website, etchedphotography.com. But I've also started up another side business in family film and portrait work and weddings. So that's just uh, matthorsbull.com. And yeah, getting into the YouTube world, uh, trying to help people with tutorials and doing putting some film work up there. And and that's just at Etch Photography. So that there's, <laughs> there's too many probably to name on here, but uh, if they just head to etchphotography.com or follow me on Instagram at, at Etch, then... I'll find everything from there. Well, I definitely recommend that everyone who's listening in, go check him out. He's got some amazing work. His photos are phenomenal. I just called him uh, the Dave and Attenborough of photography. Uh, so <laughs> if that doesn't get you hooked in, I don't know what will. But thanks so much for your time today. I really appreciate you coming on, having a chat and sharing your story, what you're doing and giving people a lot of value and how to better themselves as well. So thanks again. Uh, thank you. And I'd like to acknowledge how... Um, much of a great job you're doing. And I think that it's a, there needs to be more people like you helping other people connect and, and find themselves. And obviously a lot of people, especially in times now that uh, are struggling a bit, need that kind of pep up to realize, well, 
there is some great things in life and and if they're feeling a bit down they can always find someone whether it's lifeline or friends or reconnect with family that will give them that little bit of a boost and yeah hopefully achieve their goals and get out of the slump yeah definitely thanks so much that's super kind that's so nice but for now goodbye uh if you guys haven't already make sure you look him up on all these social media platforms um because you won't be disappointed and i'll see you guys next time in the next episode thanks so much for listening into that episode i hope you really enjoyed that and got some value out of it Again, if you did enjoy this episode and you do love this podcast, leave us a review, share it with your friends and family, subscribe, show your support because the impact that we can make together is the impact that's going to help change someone's life, change their perspective or help them overcome an obstacle they may be facing right now. Thanks so much for listening in guys and until next time.